He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. That was the AM show last Tuesday when roving reporter William Wairua was out and about with the Auckland Council's biodiversity dogs. And those hard-working dogs were super cute, as the hosts were saying there. But the good vibes from those cheery pictures didn't last long. Now, purebred dogs are a prime target for thieves with an increase in stolen pedigree pooches around the country. It's a traumatic experience for their owners, many of whom never see their dog again. Now, there was a happy ending to that story. A guy in Porirua got his stolen dog back, but AM show viewers were left with this advice. We've got a warning from police here this morning, just for anyone who is worried about their dogs. Some tips to help stop your dog being stolen. They say don't leave your dog unsupervised, walk your dog on a leash, get your dog microchipped, keep gates locked and make sure your dog sleeps inside at night. Well that sounds a lot like responsible dog management in normal times but regular thefts of dogs that are worth a dollar or two, that does seem like a sign of the tough times we live in right now. Last week on News Talk ZB's Drive Show, Heather Duplessy Allen read out this text from a listener who reckoned that she'd seen a similar sign of the times. Heather, I visited the Build Sydney show a couple of weeks ago. Very vibrant. Uh, Lots of exhibitors went to Build Auckland show today. Very sparse. No vibe. But interestingly, about 25% of the exhibitors were CCTV and security system suppliers. Gives you a sense of what's uh, doing well out there, doesn't it, Just Another bleak vignette there, and that prompted this from the host. I want to run something by you. I've got a theory, okay? My theory is that we are in a state of depression as a country at the moment, or close to. Um, If I was the country's doctor, I would be prescribing some sort of antidepressant to us. And I reckon we've got gloomy because this crap hasn't ended. But which crap specifically did Heather Duplessy Allen reckon was at the root of this collective countrywide national depression? We did the two years behind, you know, in the Hermit Kingdom with Her Majesty giving us the 1pm acting classes, and it was just OTT. And now the thing has ended and the rest of the world's moving on. And excuse me, but we're still in orange. There's no question that COVID's been a bummer for just about all of us since early 2020. Though Heather Duplessy-Allen reckoned that we're now experiencing post-COVID problems. Well, the pandemic's over for all intents and purposes, but we're still having to deal with this nonsense. Isn't that ultimately why we're feeling miserable? Because actually we just want to break. But is the pandemic really over, as Heather Duplessy-Allen said there? Well, not according to most of the rest of the media when they looked at the facts. Post-COVID is a misnomer, Toby Manhire said in the spin-off last Tuesday, whether or not we want to hear that. He said the seven-day rolling average of community cases was 2,000 a week earlier, but it topped 7,000 earlier this week. By the end of this week, it was well over 10,000. Newsroom's Mark Dalder said the BA5 subvariant might trigger new public health measures to slow the spread of the virus. And in a thorough explainer for stuff, Keith Lynch pointed out older people who haven't had COVID yet are now a lot more likely to be infected by BA5. And daily case numbers among the over 70s, he said, are the highest they've ever been. Meanwhile, epidemiologist Michael Baker had been issuing stark warnings in the media day after day, though one who had no interest in what he had to say was fellow Wellingtonian Nick Mills, the morning host for ZB in the capital, who called him rent-a-quote. Michael Baker, let us get on with our lives. You go back to your lab. Do some intelligent work. Get paid truckloads of money for doing it and live in an extremely flash house. But for me, I don't want to hear from you anymore.
I want to get on with my life and our life. Now, getting on with life would be good for Nick Mills. He has several hospitality businesses around the city. More on that later in this show. But on Tuesday, Professor Michael Baker told RNZ COVID reinfections are also happening a lot faster these days, sometimes even within three weeks. And with that in mind, it's interesting that Heather Duplessy-Ellen aired her post-COVID open-up to feel-good theory right after telling listeners this. I'm getting a scratchy throat. So I hate to say it, but I think I might be about to come down with COVID for the second time in two months. Um, we'll keep you posted on that. Worst, worst sign, I'm told by... Someone telling you the pandemic's over in the same breath as fretting about being reinfected again herself makes you glad she's not the nation's doctor, as she said earlier, or the Prime Minister. If I was in government, what I'd do right now is I'd be like, green setting, guys, go for your life, do what you want, party, party whatever, just for the mental break from it. And I would also say, hey, guess what? We're opening the borders, going to bring the workers in. You want some workers? You want to grow your business? Because your business can grow. If it just had the workers, we'll bring them in. I could be completely wrong, or I could be on the money. However, Heather Duplessy-Allen wasn't the only one in the media lately zeroing in on our national midwinter malaise. Last weekend, for example, the Sunday Star Times had the words breaking point on the front page, superimposed on a bashed-up buzzy bee toy that was on its last legs, or, to be precise, its wings and its wheels. Life in NZ's getting harder, slower, dearer and more stressful, the paper's front page said, with some experts fearing the whole house might get blown down. Over the page, housing problems, building shortages, the health system's current strife, ram raids and the fact we can't even seem to keep up printing passports these days were all canvassed under the headline, Is Aotearoa Broken? And after that, the media-friendly economist Cameron Bagri told the paper, You can't just say New Zealand is broken, but big cracks are appearing and not the sort of things you can ignore. Now, just two days earlier, readers of Rupert Murdoch's biggest paper across the ditch, The Australian, read that New Zealand needs to be careful not to turn into a failed state. And that was the verdict of the New Zealand Initiative's Oliver Hartwich, who clarified that shrill warning with this. That does not mean we should expect civil unrest, but a period of prolonged and seemingly unstoppable decline across all areas of public life. And while New Zealanders are bombarded with worrying news every day, Oliver Hartwich said that with some notable exceptions, the news media here are underfunded and not performing the functions of the fourth estate properly. Now on his subscription site, politic.co.nz, Richard Harmon described that assessment as soaked in gloom. And just the day before, his site had reported better news that wasn't much reported elsewhere. A record number of homes, more than 50,000, were consented in the year to this May. Now, building those will be a separate challenge, of course, but shortly before that, Politic had reported infometric stats showing a 56% lift in network infrastructure spending over the coming decade, and that's compared to the one that ended in 2021. Also underreported last week was the Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank, Te Pūtia Matua, Paul Conway, telling the National Property Conference house prices might be moving back to what he called roughly sustainable levels. Sustainable doesn't actually mean affordable, but journalist Bernard Hickey reckoned that that slowdown on the one-way bet that's distorted the economy and investment over decades, as well as blowing up the prices of our homes, was encouraging. The Reserve Bank also thinks that changes coming in the RMA, the introduction of uh, intensification rules by the government, and uh, also lots of house building recently uh, may have changed the game for the housing market. Now, another problem that's been portrayed as out of our control is rising inflation. 
But in his weekly Herald on Sunday column last weekend, Herald business editor Liam Dan said there was good news here as well. Signs of global pressures easing, and for all the talk of inevitable recession, there's also the possibility of a soft landing here, he reckoned. But before Herald on Sunday readers could get to that in the business section of the paper, Heather Duplessy Ellen reprised her anecdotal radio reckons about doom and gloom in her column in the main paper. This country needs to draw a line under the pandemic and move on, she said. So going beyond mere slogans, the Herald's Liam Dan in his piece said inflation falling along with demand in the economy will eventually force businesses to cut back and higher unemployment will ease those labour shortages and take pressure off wage growth, but that means some people will lose their jobs. But he added, As long as we don't panic, it remains manageable without the socially devastating price of high unemployment that some were forced to pay in the 1990s. Now, the consequences of getting that wrong, like intergenerational inequality, were set out in an eye-opening piece of reporting by Rebecca McPhee in the current listener this week, The Shameful Truth of Poverty in New Zealand. She concluded that the last three years have shown us that New Zealanders are actually prepared to tolerate pretty high levels of poverty. So that then is another of the structural issues the country really needs to acknowledge and confront now, and the media can play a role in picking out what those issues are, rather than just wallowing in the doom and gloom.